0: How we doing? Yeah, it's been that kind of week. You know, uh, I could tell you, it's been a heavy week for me. You know, I know that uh, different weeks and different uh, days uh, go differently for different people. Uh, I know for, for me, you know, it has just been one of those just really heavy weeks. And yet, um, I appreciate, you know, you being here because you encourage me. And for those of you who are online, you know, you encourage me, you know, as well. And our worship team you know, leading us in what really matters, Jesus, you know, is what brings the greatest encouragement. And my hope and prayer is in the next few minutes that we have together, that you would continue to be encouraged by God's word. Because it is alive. Because last week, we talked about Jesus being the bread of life. And that's represented probably best through the word of God. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is living and it is active. And it can impact our hearts and our minds and transform, you know, our lives. And so I'm just thankful for you being here. uh, And I'm thankful that we get to continue on in this week two of our series called Influencer. uh, Called Influencer. Now now with that, you know, being said, you know, um, um, the words that we're looking at that Eric did such a great job talking about is we're looking through Jesus' words to the book of John. And uh, if you have not uh, gotten information about this, uh, again, for those of you who are online, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, if you've not received one of the cards from last weekend, go to Connecting Points, one of those things that can be easy to check off and walk through. Uh, and if you're like me and you get behind, the, the easy thing to do is to give up. And so I just want to encourage, you know, um, as of Monday morning, we're in chapter 6. So just jump into chapter six, and if you have time, you can go back. An addition that can help you is at 8.30 on our Facebook page, uh, I'm walking through you know, different parts of the chapter as well. And so Monday through Friday, we're doing this together, and it's on YouTube you know, later on as well. We wanna be in God's word you know, and participate in what he's calling and leading us to do. Now, as we kick off this day, when we think of natural light, uh, most of us think of the sun. Uh, By the way, I said when we think of natural light, somebody told me they thought of beer, but that's a whole different light that we're talking about. You know, uh, in our darkness, you know, we live in an area where we get to experience uh, different seasons that can create uh, some disorders, you know, for people because we literally uh, go without light at certain points. December twenty-first being the shortest day of the year, where we do not experience much light at all, and we always celebrate the twenty-second, knowing from this point on, it's going to get a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter. But we need the sun. In fact, here are some figures that reveal the sun's importance and greatness in our lives. Uh, The sun is 93 million miles from the earth. In fact, if you were born and gotten a spaceship that traveled 150 miles per hour and you headed towards the sun, you would arrive at the sun at the age of 71 years old. That's how long it would take you traveling that distance. Astronomers estimate that the diameter of the sun is over 109 times the size of the earth. Its output of energy is 70,000 horsepower per square yard per minute. And I have no idea what that means, but it sounds incredibly impressive. Lastly, the temperature at the sun's surface is about 10,000 degrees, uh, give or take a couple hundred here or there. The sun drives our weather, seasons, and climate, makes plant life possible through our elementary years as we learned about photosynthesis animals including us humans need plants for food and oxygen that they produce without heat from the sun earth would be frozen and you think it gets cold in the winter time here i'm talking about non-existent there would be no winds ocean currents or clouds to transport water without the sun so bottom line without the sun's heat and life light, life on earth would not exist. Light is essential for life. We have to have it in our lives. In the Bible, light is represented strongly all over the place. It has been used in the Bible as a symbol of holiness, goodness, wisdom, knowledge, grace, hope, and God's revelation. By contrast, darkness has been associated with evil, sin, and despair. One example of this is 1 John 1.5, this is the message that we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. In the New Testament, there are 72 references to this idea of light, 33 of the 72 are in the book of John in which we focus on during this series. Uh, In fact, uh, in 1 John chapter 1, he actually begins with this understanding. These first three words you may have heard before. In the beginning... Now, where have we heard that before? Well, maybe at the beginning of our Bibles, in Genesis, that say the same thing. In the beginning, and it talks about God creating the heavens and the earth, and it talks about the light, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the creation of man, and the planets, and the waters, and all of that kind of stuff. But John takes a different angle as he's now gotten our attention. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I don't have time to unpack all of that means, but again, we talked about last week about Jesus being the bread, the word of God. He existed, and he's talking about Jesus, in the beginning with God, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life, don't miss this, brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And his name is Jesus. And so we're going to talk about this light that is Jesus. But I need to set the stage, because I think in Jewish culture, we have a great understanding. If we understand the context of what's taking place, it'll actually mean so much more to us. So hang with me for just a few moments. You see, the Jews um, celebrated many feasts and festivals that God asked and even commanded them to participate in each year. Now, there were the big three yearly, and one of those was called the Feast of Tabernacles, or what is called Sukkot. Say sakat. The feast was always a happy and celebratory time where the people spent a week celebrating and thanking God for his provision. And you can read about the feast in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24, 34 through 42. And what it says there, in essence, is that for seven days, you're gonna honor the Lord. For seven days, you're gonna celebrate it as a feast because you're gonna live in booths, which is another name for tabernacle. I'm gonna encourage you to do that for seven days. Now, why would they do this? They would do this because they were being reminded that when they were wandering in the desert, that God provided for them. That he provided that manna from heaven, another name for a type of food they'd never had before. That they provided shelter. That he provided that their clothes would never wear away. And so they lived in temporary housing. You know, think of tents, you know, on the road and you're kind of having that idea. So every year the Jews would get together and that they would celebrate this. Now during the feast, in many Jewish homes and synagogues, you know, this is what would be constructed. And you'd see some of these places, which still happens to this day. These tabernacles or booths are made out of, as the Jews celebrate today, lumber, grass, or other natural substances. And they're decorated with natural materials, including tree branches, leaves, flowers, vegetables, and fruit. You know, while these tabernacle booths or tents got together, they would remember all the things that I just Now at the end of the first day of the feast, that's what they would do as a family, but they would all gather at the temple and they would have this uh, uh, incredible light experience. According to the Mishnah, which is part of the oral tradition of the rabbis, gigantic candelabras stood within the court of where the women worshipped. They would be 75 feet high. Just amazing. And they would be filled to the brim of this oil and they would light it and it would be an amazing spectacle. So not only are they celebrating the provision of God during the years in the desert, but they're also celebrating God's guidance of the Israelites through these years, through this cloud during the day. And at night, it was a fire, this pillar of fire at night that would lead them as they celebrated together. Now the temple was located on a hill above the rest of the city, so this glorious glow was a sight for the entire city to see. Jesus, as he's doing his ministry, he would celebrate these festivals with his people. And here we find Jesus celebrating at the end of this festival. He is teaching in the temple, specifically in the court of women, perhaps Standing right next to the magnificent candelabras when he declared to all who gathered, I am the light of the world. Now that is a powerful experiential moment if you're sitting there understanding what you've celebrated for seven days in God's provision and God's light and his promise. And they're sitting there going, this is amazing. And Jesus You're claiming to be that God. You're claiming to be the one who provides. You're claiming to be the one who is the light. You see, Jesus, not the Son, but who is the Son of God, is the light of the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, we used to think, at some point in our history, we used to think that the worlds around us, including the sun, rotated around the earth, right? Until we actually got to understand that, wait a minute, it's not the sun that rotates around us, the world, it's the world that rotates around the sun. Do you know how uh, ironic that that is? How many of us believe that the world should revolve and other people's lives should revolve around us when Jesus, who is the son, that our lives should be revolving around him as he is the light and it's his will and his way that's going to be the best for all of us. See, Jesus's light can dramatically influence our lives if we would just allow it. And let me just walk through just a couple of these significant ways. First, Jesus' light illuminates salvation. It provides the pathway. For he says in John 8, 12, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in the darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. That means in all its fullness, Jesus is providing life. Life abundantly while we have it here on this earth and life eternally that we get to take place in heaven. In fact, I want you to see this, you know, to kind of understand what this means. If you take a look at our cross, you will see that there is a lights that are on there. And every single time somebody accepts Christ and then gets baptized into Christ, after they come out, they literally go out there, grab one of the lights, they turn it on, and they write their name underneath it. Because what have they done? They have received the light that is Christ now in them, and they now get a chance to shine his light for all to see. That is a picture that we can always celebrate as we come into this place. Now, Jesus' light not only gives us the way to receive him, but also his light reveals truth. This one's a little bit harder uh, because uh, we like our truth. <laughs> we like our perspective. You know, We like the way we see the world. And what Jesus does is at times, he presses against that. He exposes some areas, brings light to some areas in our lives that may not be the best for us, or may not be the best in relationship with other people. And as he shines light in those areas, we get a chance to be influenced and then submit to his leading and guiding. In 1 John 1.5 it says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. See, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to admit that we have imperfections. But the ironic nature is, raise your hand if you have imperfections. I don't know why we struggle sometimes with admitting we have imperfections. Because all of us have imperfections. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. Where we find health and healing is when we allow the Spirit, the light that is Christ, to reveal those areas in our lives. Do you understand that darkness And our sin in the darkness only has power there. But when light is exposed on it, then all of a sudden it goes away. We we receive this truth that comes into our lives. Jesus also says in John chapter three, you know, uh, he says, Light has come into the world. You know, and and, and men have loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Their deeds were evil. And so the influence that Jesus has on our lives when we receive him, but also that light also reveals truth. And when truth is revealed, then you and I have a chance by that light to be able to grow, right? Plants, people grow because the sun shines on our lives. And in the same way, when Jesus shines on our lives, reveals the truth that needs to take place in our lives, there we start developing root systems that help us navigate the storms that come in our lives, and so we experience the light that influences us on a regular basis. Psalms chapter 119 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Again, John eight twelve says, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, so if that's the influence that Jesus can have on us, When you receive Christ, when you allow him to reveal some truth and you allow him to let you grow, that's one critical area. But I don't want you to miss the second thing that the Bible tells us about the influence that Jesus can have by this light to the world through us, especially if you've been a follower of Christ for a long time. See, influence happens when we commit to being in deep relationship first with other believers. What it says in 1 John is if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, don't miss this, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you understand that one of the things that happens when it comes to actual physical light, think of fire, right? Fire only goes one of two directions. It either grows or it goes out. And when you add logs to the fire, Representing other people to the fire in your own life, your fire burns that much brighter, that much stronger, that much greater. But what happens is so, for so many people, especially in America, is we get so busy thinking that it's a me and God religion that we, when we find ourselves, why am I not growing in the faith? Why am I not, you know, experiencing what I'm seeing other people and even celebrating what other people are experiencing? Could it be? because I'm not in relationship with other people to grow the light that Christ has given to me. That's what God's Word has to say. In fact, one of the examples of this that we see every single Christmas time is we have a candlelight service. And as we have the candlelight service, that light that represents Christ gets lit And when it gets lit, it's now in our lives. And what do we do? We share that light with other people and the darkness of the room begins to dissipate over time because one candle can light a little pocket, but a thousand candles transforms a room. And that's the power of the light being with one another as we're in relationship with each other. Which is why, if you're newer to our church, the heartbeat of our church is actually not weekend services. It's actually midweek discipleship environments where you're building relationships with one another with Jesus at the center. Because that's where we know that you're going to be known that you're gonna know other people and then you're gonna encourage each other on that relationship journey that God has you with Jesus at the center. So I encourage all of you to get into a life group if you've not already done so. And there are men, women, our CR, youth, there's so many different ones that we have. Speaking of others, do you understand that if we prove to the world that we're followers of him, 1 John 2, 9 says this, if anyone claims I am living in the light. and I don't like this next verse. But hates a fellow believer, that person is still in darkness. Anyone who loves a a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by that darkness. But Jesus... Don't you know what that person did to me? Don't you understand what that person said to me? And he's looking at us saying, yes, but they're my son or daughter as well. And as part of God's family, I'm calling you to love and be in relationship with one another. It doesn't mean that you have to put yourself in harm's way. It doesn't mean to continue an abusive relationship. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about the normal offenses that us imperfect people, as we all raised our hands, tend to do when we bump into one another on occasion. Now, so we have a chance to influence others by being around other people and loving other people or followers of Jesus, but the biggest influence that God wants to use through us is sharing Jesus's light through words and actions so that you can make an eternal difference in the life of someone else. Trevor talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, I just want to sing. Hide it under a bushel. No, I asked Eric to actually lead us in that song, and he laughed at me. And I was like, well, Eric, you're going to grow and mature one day you know, to be able to sing the true songs of the faith. I'm just saying. Anyway, that was for those of you who grew up in Sunday school like me. All right. So no one, I, so I always, sorry, I always think of that. one. Instead, a lamp is placed, I am so off track, um, on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Your good deeds. I, I wonder, um, have you ever bumped into someone and you just noticed there was something different about that person? Uh, In a good way, (laughs) I should probably say. You know, in in a really good way. You're like, they're shining a light. They don't even have to tell me that they're a Christian. I just know by their countenance and their expression. It kind of reminds me of Moses in the Old Testament. Moses in the Old Testament was leading the people of Israel, and he went up to the mountaintop to get the Ten Commandments from God. He spent time with God. He comes down, and when he comes down the mountain, the people are freaking out. Now they're freaking out, not because he's bringing the Ten Commandments, they're freaking out because his face is glowing like somebody went to the whole, you know, the glow in the dark clothes and you kind of walk in, you know, and be able to do that. But that was on his body, right? His face is glowing. So much so that the people people were so freaked out, they actually had to put a veil over his face because he had spent time in the presence of the Lord. I can tell you this, I've run across so many people that I'm like, you radiate Jesus. You have spent time with Jesus, and your actions and your words can't help but scream who Jesus is. Uh, like, I'll tell you one person that is this in my own life Amy Wool. Okay, some of you guys know Amy Wool, some of you guys don't know Amy Wool. If you have ever met Amy Wool, you know you've met Jesus. I'm just saying, I have never met someone whose countenance just radiates Jesus in everything that she says or does, and she serves in our kids area, and she's an admin on staff, you know, but I love to sit at the feet of Amy because I feel like I'm sitting in the presence of Jesus. You ever have those people in life? You ever walk across, you know, and encounter those kinds of people? That's what I'm talking about. Do you know who also, you know, radiates that? Gary Austin. See, Gary, you can clap by that. Uh, Gary, unfortunately, passed away earlier this week. And uh, it was sudden and it it was shocking. Uh, But what was not shocking is the ripple effect uh, that the light that has been in Gary, you know, has impacted hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so I want to remind you of a video we put together just this last summer uh, in which we honored Gary, and it just fits exactly with what we're talking about, about what it means to shine the light of Jesus to those around us. Let's watch this video now. I think about a disciple, I think about Gary Austin. He's a guy that loves on people so well. This guy does so many things for Valley Real Life. He mows lawns. He helps us in our recovery
1: ministry. I mean, he calls people. He encourages people. He helps people feel like they belong here. And Gary has such a heart for people. Our very first weekend coming, I still remember because uh, Gary spotted us in the crowd and came up and greeted us right away. And that meant so much to us. His very first thing he said to me is, "Um, I'm a sinner saved by grace. He just lays it right out there for you. (laughs) In a really short amount of time to my kids, um, wanting to try youth group and then they joined a life program and Um, My husband even talking to me about how he felt changed. Our first class for Rooted was actually the day that my husband ended up getting checked into the hospital. About a week after he was sick, Gary um, called me, and it was the same night he was placed on life support. I didn't want to answer the phone for anyone, and for some reason I picked it up because I wanted to talk to him. And at the time, I didn't even know Gary that well, but, I knew how welcoming he was and it turned into two plus hours of phone call and my kids wandered in and they sat on the bed with me and I put Gary on speaker and he prayed over us and he prayed for my husband and for our family. And that started the beginning of many phone calls and visits. He started sending me uh, scripture messages daily, and I still get those messages every day right now, and I look forward to them. I had no idea that a prayer I would asked for to come to a church and belong, that somebody like him would be brought into our lives even. And so when my husband passed, I asked Gary right away if he would speak at the burial. He is so humble, and he has a way of just like um, not being ashamed of anything. One of the things many people don't understand is that he's been through a lot of trials and heartache too. And I didn't know that right at first, even. He didn't even tell me that. But he's literally used those, and he's giving back through Christ every day at the church, and he's changing lives.
0: Here's what you need to know you know about Gary. For 40 years, he was jacked up. He was. You talk to Gary and the guy did live nothing like Jesus Christ. You need to talk to his wife. You need to talk to his kids. There's some hilarious and awful stories about Gary. But Gary came to Jesus 10 years ago almost. And when he received the light that is Christ in him, he then spent the next 9 to 10 years of his life being the greatest example of what Christ can do through us to people far from him in ways that you and I will never know on this side fully, on the side of eternity. And I say that because Gary's statement, as you heard in the video, is I'm a sinner saved by grace. And if you're a person who wonders about the way God views you, the way God sees you, when Jesus says he's the light of the world, it's not to shine light so that you would feel shame. It's to shine light so that you would feel hope in the midst of the darkness and the pain and the suffering that you're going through that it doesn't always have to be that way. And if you've been on the, on the edge, if you've been processing through, if you've been thinking about you know Christ, is this should be something that I should receive in my life? I plead with every part of me, In the name of Gary, that you would say yes to Jesus, that you would receive that light. And if you are a follower of Christ, my question is, are you shining that light in the way that Gary shined his light? Are you a person that is willing to do whatever it takes so that other people might see Jesus through you? Here's what I know about Gary. He doesn't want to be celebrated and remembered. He wants Jesus to be celebrated and remembered and for you to be with him for all eternity. (laughs) So we have that option on this day to continue to make that commitment. So as a church, we want to give you opportunities on a regular basis. Why are we doing this XP for kids? So that your kids can shine the light for Jesus to other kids who don't yet know Jesus so they come to know him. Why are we doing you know, this theming out? Why are we doing Easter so that you and I can invite people? We challenged this on Vision Weekend. Do you have three people in your life that God has put in your sphere of influence, not mine, but your sphere of influence to be praying for and to have the courage to invite so that they would come to know Jesus? It starts with us. We grow in him and we get to shine for him as we close your next step is to either receive the light that is Christ it's to commit to continue to grow in the light that is now inside of you not by yourself but in unity with other people or it's to share the light that is Christ through you to a world that's getting darker and darker and darker as always the choice is yours, and my prayer is the Spirit would lead you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity, this reminder, and this moment. I pray, Father, that you would just lead us. And if there's someone here in this room, if there's someone that is watching online who's not yet received the light that is you, I pray that this would be the opportunity. And if that's you, whether you're watching online or you're in the room, that you would pray this prayer Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Knowing you died on the cross for my sins, and I wanna make you my Lord, the leader of my life. Allow your light to come into me and to work in me and through me to those not followers of you yet. Father, for the rest of us, we pray by name, the people in our lives, not knowing, we don't know whether we have tomorrow or the next week or the next year. So we pray in earnest for the people in our life who don't yet know you, that we would have the courage and the opportunity to shine your light through us by our good deeds so that they might know who you are. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.